Welcome to the Focus 15, Episode 6, From Math to Method. On the last Focus 15, I focused on the math behind your magic. Is there any value, though, in knowing your numbers without having a viable plan to improve them? I think not. Remember, seemingly small changes in those three factors can produce meaningful growth without the need to work any harder. Let's build our practices with brilliance, not by being busier. Today, we begin a discussion regarding the method which will move your math, specifically actions which will move your performance through all five stages of the pipeline. These stages were attached to the email that you received along with the link today to today's episode. The pipeline format, which I've been using for over 15 years for my personal practice and which I've been using to assist clients is not formatted for reporting. It's formatted for performance. There is a flow, pipelines flow, and there's a flow of opportunities into the pipeline, through the pipeline, out of the pipeline, and then in many cases, back into the pipeline for future conversations. So the first thing that we do is to make sure we have adequate flow into it. That's stage number one, inventory. Consider this stage as pre-pipeline. It's your baseline. This is a repository of names of individuals that you've collected through conversations with clients, partners, COIs, people in your community, your network, etc. The number one element in inventory building is time invested in inventory building. Whether it's time sitting in front of a COI, on the phone with a client, it's time that is devoted to creating demand for you. And it has to be on your calendar every single week. This is the blue time that's on your calendar. That's time devoted to surfacing opportunities from high quality sources, which are likely to be appropriate for us. And we call those the right opportunities, the first factor. We do that when we're meeting with clients. We do that when we're meeting with COIs. We do that when we're reading articles about people where we may be able to triangulate to them through other relationships that we have. We're always looking for a connection point between us and a stranger. Think about recycling former clients, perhaps prospects that didn't hire us at the time, but would be a good fit. All of those opportunities go into inventory. As we build our inventory, we're building it through the lens of looking for somebody who can act as an introducer, an advocate, and an endorser wherever possible, because that's not only a big time saver for you, but it creates a much higher probability that we enter into the dialogue with the person we want to connect with. So the first step is to build inventory. And I would create a commitment to yourself and to your future practice that your inventory level never falls below 100 names. When someone moves from inventory to target, someone new moves into inventory. Constant flow and replenishment at all stages of your pipeline. In time, of course, we have to activate the names that we've captured. We have to begin to move names through the pipeline. So the second stage we call target, and that's where we begin to really do deep research and ultimately execute a person-specific contact plan. Target means we look at what we have in inventory and we look at two things, ease of access through endorsements and inductions, and economic potential for us based on what we know. It's much easier if we have one or two or three people that say, I really think you should meet with this person than it is for us to call the person or send them a letter or any other way to get 
them to open their mind to the fact that we might add some value to them. The words that we want people to use in the introduction are, I have complete confidence that you would benefit from having a discussion with this advisor. I completely trust them. My family trusts them. And I find the work that they've done for me to be of great value. Or if it's a COI saying it, I find the work that they've done for my clients to be of great value. So you target on two levels. Can I actually get access to them without an enormous amount of time and effort? And is there an economic potential? And based on what I know, a good fit between me and that potential client. Then we make the move. We connect. And we enter into the talking but not yet buying stage. This is where we've entered into a dialogue, we're getting acquainted, but they haven't given us a clear indication that they have a need or a want or even looking to explore the possibility of an engagement with people like us. We're just talking. At this stage, we either connect directly, which is you reach out by phone or send a letter FedEx to them, but most of the time we need to have the name of an individual with whom that target person has a relationship. Otherwise, it's simply a cold call. And we like warm calls because warm to hot is easier than cold to warm. So we reach out to them. We also sometimes use the approach we call the double letter, where you write the letter to the prospect, you copy the advocate you have, who then follows up with the individual and says, I think it would be worth your time to talk with this advisor when they reach out. In the talking not yet buying phase, we're really just getting to know each other. Now, obviously, from the onset, you know more about them than they would know about you because you've done your homework. You've begun to build a mini dossier on them. And you've begun to really find out to the extent that you can who's important to them, what's important to them, what types of organizations they support. So you have a basis for a conversation. If they built a business, you research the business because at some point, you're going to get them on the phone. And when you do, you need to be able to say, I know from my conversation with the advocate, I know from reading about you, your businesses, your charitable inclinations, the following. Now, sometimes these discussions move immediately to an appointment, but often you need to have a series of conversations with them first. Sometimes they'll say to you, I'd like to talk with you, but not now. And then the question is, well, would you like me to follow up with you at some point? And if so, when? And oftentimes people will say to you, I think I'm good. I think I have all of this well taken care of. I'm not sure I have a need. In which case you say, I appreciate that, but would it be okay if I check back with you from time to time to see if anything has changed? Would you like me to provide information regarding our views of what's happening in the financial markets today and what we think is likely to happen in the future? So can I stay in touch with you? And most people will say, yeah. And then the key for you is to use a process tied to your calendar to remind you to stay in touch with them. It means putting their name in your blue time at certain points on the calendar and then entering them into a contact strategy log to plan your calls in advance. It's about executing a contact strategy to continuously educate, illuminate, and ultimately connect with them. The next stage, the fourth stage, is what we call active buyer. At this stage, we have moved from interest and chit-chat to active engagement. 
And the way that we move from talking not yet buying to active buyer is through what we call the serious meeting. And this is really a series of serious meetings where more information and insight and thoughts and feelings are provided to you by the potential client. This is the stage where they really decide to open up. So let me define a serious meeting. It's one for which we are fully prepared, which includes a dossier about the client, an agenda, a call plan for every team member with assigned team roles, a capabilities folder, which is the way that we tell our story. We're fully rehearsed. And it has to be with somebody who is capable of making a decision, so the decision maker, who then agrees to provide you with all of the facts, including financial statements, which is often a large predictor of whether someone is serious about moving forward. They share their feelings truthfully because you're asking planned and open questions effectively. During the serious meeting, your value proposition is shared and understood. And finally, a course of action is proposed and a mandate to move forward with next steps is secured. Now, next steps doesn't necessarily mean a formal engagement, but it's steps where we agree that they would like us to run feasibility studies and present a recommended process and plan. During this active buyer stage, we prepare for a series of ser serious meetings by developing a discussion document that you'll ultimately use to be prepared to ask for the business. To do so, we recommend that you take out 12 sheets of paper and create a master set and copy them as needed and label the sheets as follows. Number one, what the client wants. Two, the situation now. Three, the gap between their current situation and what they want. Four, what we believe is possible. Five, alternatives available to this prospect. Six, our likely recommendations. Seven, how we will deal with the potential reactions of yes, no, maybe, later, objection, or question. Eight, our competitive strategies, which are direct, indirect, divide and conquer, or intentional stall. And we'll talk about those in greater detail in a future Focus 15. If negotiations are required, what are the areas that we'll negotiate and the limits within those? Number 10, a secondary recommendation, so a fallback recommendation. 11, our implementation plan, our process. And 12, the engagement plan, how we will exceed expectations going forward. We use these throughout the life cycle and continue to build on our understanding and clarity in each of those 12 areas. Ultimately, to complete the serious meeting, you need to have an understanding of their situation, what's important to them, who's important to them, and what they want to accomplish. You then make a recommendation, present your process, which is the how, and ask for the business by proposing a recommended course of action or plan. The fifth but not truly final stage is decision reached. When they say yes, which based on your high effectiveness rates when you're in front of the right opportunities, many will, we then implement the engagement plan, over-deliver, execute in a consistent, purposeful contact plan, continue to map and tap their network so that ultimately we can both do business with them and build our business through them by asking for introductions and endorsements. 
Now, the reason I said this is the fifth but not truly final stage in the pipeline is a lot of times people are going to test you out. Right? They're going to audition you by giving you some of their money. They might give you all of their equities and not all of their bonds. They might give you everything but their retirement plan. The reason they go back into the pipeline is that you want to ultimately give them an opportunity to have their entire balance sheet, their entire financial relationship in one place. And that's with you and your team. In most relationships, ultimately, other things need to be done, either today or over time. Right? Somebody owns a bunch of real estate that they're going to sell. They have a credit opportunity. Perhaps they're going to be purchasing an airplane. They're getting ready to sell or transition their business. Until you have everything, they are going to be in your pipeline and the pipelines of colleagues unless you decide that something they have is best kept where it is. There's always something else coming. Your process continues. A word of caution now, don't abandon your process just because somebody wants to do business with you. Utilize a process to help people reach their goals. Go ahead and do whatever business they want to do now, but continue with your process of the stages of the pipeline. Just as success in marketing tends to derail future success in marketing, a client saying, I want to do business with you can cause us to set our process aside, even temporarily. Trust in the execution of your plan and execute consistently. Your lifeline truly is your pipeline. Said differently, your pipeline is the lifeline of your practice. And just like life, it's about continuous movement. It's about flow. It's about having a strategy, which is the process by which we plan our moves in advance to move things into and through the pipeline with the greatest of efficiency and the highest potential effectiveness. And based on what we're doing, if we are selecting the right opportunities in inventory and therefore targeting the right people, and we're approaching them properly, fully prepared, we should be operating at a 80% or higher when measured from the completion of the serious meeting through saying yes. I would think that most of you, when in front of the right opportunities, fully prepared, especially when endorsed by someone they trust, that you're operating at effectiveness rates or a percentage of people that say yes at north of 90%. So I hope this information has been helpful to you. And I just want to quickly revisit the fact that if we get just a slight increase in the percentage of people who are right for us, and so the number of right opportunities, number of right at-bats, it automatically drives the percentage that will say yes up and almost always increases the amount of revenue that we generate per relationship. I have complete confidence that you will fully maximize the return on your time, your talent, and your team by a continuous commitment to this process. Execute well.